Hello, and welcome back to Movie Remake Time, a Filmmakers Compass podcast. I'm CP, this is my awesome co-host D-Man, and in this episode, we're gonna take a look at two movies and ask the very simple question, who's done it better? Remakes, sequels, reboots, which is the best? And this week, we're gonna compare X-Men The Last Stand from 2006 to X-Men Dark Phoenix from 2019, D-Man. What's interesting is, well, first of all, yes, we're getting into comic book movies now, so that excites me. But second of all, it's weird because Dark Phoenix is, in essence, a reboot of the Dark Phoenix storyline The Last Stand had, but it is still all canon. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, quote unquote, a total remake compared to, you know, maybe like a soft reboot, another shot at the same storyline, kind of like a different timeline. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how they approach it. One of the things I think we have to address right off the top, and I know this is your favorite thing, but when you compare the two casts, the cast from the original X-Men was outstanding. Oh my gosh, dude. It's like one of the best comic book movie casts Ever, ever. They hit everybody right. You and I were talking earlier, Hugh Jackman in the role of Wolverine is actually absent from, I believe his only, is he's not in Dark Phoenix, is he? I think that's the only X-Men movie he's not in. Yeah, as like a main timeline movie or a main X-Men movie or whatever, because there's a bunch of those side ones like Deadpool and Logan and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, of course he's in Logan. He's actually in Logan. But what's really fascinating is that original cast from Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, Professor X, Magneto, was so well done. Uh, We were talking earlier about Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. And if you watch him in other movies, he's actually not the character Wolverine. I think we take that for granted. A lot of times we just assume an actor is pretty similar to the character they're playing, especially in this case, because he's played this character so many times. But if you hear Hugh Jackman in interviews or see him in other roles, I mean, he is playing the shit out of Wolverine and it's amazing. He's like, what, in two or three other musicals as a leading man singing and dancing? Like, not Wolverine at all. Yet this is the role that we think of Hugh Jackman as. He was born to play it and he freaking owns it. It's amazing. Yeah, so I think one of the major strengths for Last Stand is that it's a continuation of that story with the main cast from the first trilogy of X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. That cast was amazing. And I have to tip my cap. I liked that a lot. If we're talking about the cast, I, I want to get your opinion here. I think Jean Grey is better in The Last Stand. I like the casting there better than the one in Dark Phoenix or the newer version. She's so young. I don't know. There's something about the character. I have never quite come to really like that character in the new version. I'm with you. I think uh, Famke Jensen does a better job anyway. Having Jean Grey as a more older, mature character, and especially for her arc, being one of the leaders of the X-Men, and then watching her descent into this state that is the Dark Phoenix... I think it kind of is more compelling for an audience. She's the crux of each story, Last Stand and Dark Phoenix. I don't know. There's just something about the vulnerability of Famke. Is it Jansen? She brings such a vulnerability to the character. Even when you go back to like X-Men 1, she's still trying to figure out her powers. There, There's just a quality there I think is better. 
one of the things that did suck about Last Stand, though, was that they wrote out Cyclops. As far as the cast goes, he ended up leaving to go join, like, Superman Returns or something. He ended up dropping out of the project, basically. So they wrote, like, two scenes for him. One where he talks to Wolverine and one when he goes and finds Jean Grey. I think they saw The Last Stand, even in the title, The Last Stand, strikes me as they saw it as kind of the end of this trilogy that they had started. And mm-hmm. instead of recasting the character of Cyclops and giving Cyclops a bigger role in the film, they just decided to keep the casting and write him out. I thought that was kind of to the movie's detriment. I think a big part of Jean Grey's character arc and relationships is with Cyclops, even though they use it to devastating effect because the other characters come to realize that Jean Grey killed Cyclops. I don't know. I think the story might have been a little bit better had he been there to the end. They were seeing this as the end of the road. That was probably a decision to kill off Charles Xavier, Cyclops, Jean Grey. Mystique loses her powers, as does technically Magneto in the movie. You knew at that point Fox wasn't sure what they were going to do with the franchise. I mean, there's not a lot left with the original cast at that point. Almost everybody, Jean Grey's gone, Cyclops is gone, Xavier's gone. People lost their powers. Other people are bailing. And I think one of the problems for so many X-Men fans, right? Like uh, Rogue loses her powers in the movies too. And I think as an X-Men fan, it left such a bad taste in our mouth because that wasn't the note we wanted to leave X-Men, which is why I think all X-Men fans adore Days of Future Past because we get to see that amazing cast again. For a split second, but Fox it gave retcons the that yeah. whole terrible kind of last stand taste that we had in our mouth. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Days of Future Past, I would go watch that. That's probably the best one in the entire series. And it's where the cast from Dark Phoenix and the original cast of X-Men collide in like a time travel, amazing film. I always liked Magneto. I will say something else along the casting for the original or the the original cast with Last Stand was I did not like the Juggernaut in the movie. Okay. I felt him to be cartoonish. I didn't like that they gave the role to that guy, they didn't do anything with it. I was looking forward to that character. I was looking forward to him in that role. And they really just had him run through a couple walls. Yeah, a little bit of fan service to the internet video from the early 2000s. That was Yeah, he it. says, what does he say? He's like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. And that was a great video. I mean, <laughs> as far as internet videos go, there's a lot worse out there. And it was funny yeah. at the time. Yeah. I also think I'm not a big fan of nods like that in canon films. I think a line like that would actually work better in like a Deadpool film. Mm-hmm. He's very meta. He's breaking fourth walls and he has a relationship with the audience that's slightly different. I don't like the cheap jokes like that. Like I wasn't a fan in the second X-Men. They're in the car and Wolverine turns on the radio and it's like in sync. Mm-hmm. Bye, bye, bye or something. I That just, I don't know. To me, that, that feels like a cheap laugh. The cast of The Last Stand is superior. I think in a lot of ways, the cast of the newer X-Men of the, of the sequel series is not bad. I think something we have to talk about here, because I think this is a very interesting discussion when we're comparing films is who did it better? The original Charles Xavier and Magneto and that chemistry or the Michael Fassbender. You know, it's weird because the original two, they have the, it's the, it's actually shocking when you go back and look at the dynamic, the dynamic as written is actually really similar. They Mm -hmm. talk about the same things. They have the same worldview. So the characters themselves haven't changed a whole, whole lot. Although obviously when you get back to like first class and when the new cast is introduced, they're in a different point in their lives. Younger. I will say I really did love the chemistry in the newer version. Okay. I think as far as as close to the comics, 
the original cast got it correct. It got it better. I liked their ages. But I, as far as the chemistry, I think the two in First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix was better. Interesting. That's the problem. Only for a few scenes do we even see Professor X and Magneto in the same scene in Dark Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It's to the film's detriment, I think. If you have great chemistry between two actors and two characters they should be together like in days of future past there's a couple really great scenes where they're on the airplane and they're playing chess and get really upset at each other because they're very angry at each other there's another great scene which i think exemplifies magneto as a villain in days of future past they're going to uh save mystique so they can't get her blood mm -hmm. and you have the dichotomy between the two characters magneto like you know holds up a gun points it at her and charles is like what are you doing like we're gonna get her out of here he's like no it's way easier if we just kill her. Mm -hmm. And that's a villain. She's in the way we kill her. And he's like, whoa, 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 no, we, we're not going to kill her. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how we do things. We're not villains. And then Charles realizes, yeah, he he's standing with a villain. Just, I could not get over that they did not put those two together more in Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I would agree. They barely only talk outside of that building or wherever, trying to get to Jean Grey, where they're like yeah. fighting through the bus. And then they have the scene at the end in the cafe, but you're right. I mean, there's not a lot. They're technically in the same location, but they're not, they're not having that dialogue, that chemistry that makes it so great. That bummed me out. They're like my favorite part, mm -hmm. other than Wolverine but he's gone. So that's another thing, cast-wise. I mean, Dark Phoenix doesn't have Wolverine. And I know we mentioned that at the top. Again, to its detriment, I mean, I think a lot of people associate X-Men with Wolverine. And I know they're trying to get rid of that association a little bit, trying to distance themselves from really Hugh Jackman and Wolverine because... They want the franchise to continue on without having to have him there. But I think the film still suffers without him. I think he's better. He's been such a staple of the X-Men movies that it did feel odd not having him in it. Even for an appearance, first class, you know, he appears momentarily in some of those other- Yeah, what does he say? He's like, go fuck yourself or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't necessarily a huge fan either of the Chastain, mm. the, blonde, mm -hmm. the blonde girl in Dark Phoenix. Mm -hmm. it, She's it's, a really talented actress and they kind of had her be, I guess, like emotionless. Well, and there's not a lot of motive with the villain. We, everything's kind of just line drop. It's not as compelling as when you look at the plot of Last Stand where the villain is Magneto again. Yeah. The villain is the US government forcing this cure upon people. Much more of a complicated issue going on. I found it to be very relevant in a, in a world now where we're discussing vaccines and could see the film in a different light than I did 15 years ago. Well, let's Let's move into the story a little bit then. First of all, I want to say upon rewatching it, which I haven't watched it in a while, I actually didn't hate Last Stand as much as I remember. Like I, I remember walking out of the theater and not liking it. I watched it and I was like, you know, there's a lot of problems with it. There's some weird cuts, corny dialogue. Like I said, there's a couple cheap jokes and things like that. But I did still enjoy the film. When we look at the stories then, in Last Stand, the government has found a cure for mutants. When the plot begins, it's a voluntary option for mutants to go take a shot and they will just become regular humans. Mm -hmm. Magneto, obviously, and there's a large contingent of mutants, hate this because they don't believe there's anything wrong with them. Instead of just voluntarily saying, we're not going to do it, Magneto wants to go weaponize the cure, take out anyone who's not with the cause. And essentially that's the plot. And then Charles and the X-Men are basically on a, kind of like a chase, I guess, to find Jean Grey. 
she ends up unlocking her hidden powers. I guess she's just kind of evil. I'm not sure why that would make her evil. Do you know? Bad writing. <laughs> I think one of the faults of The Last Stand is the, the origins of the Phoenix Force, right? In The Last Stand, she's always had it within her. It's her, Alter her powers that are within the id outside of what framework Charles set in her mind. In Dark Phoenix, it comes from space as Dark Phoenix Force actually does. Dark Phoenix, then the plot is essentially the X-Men are tasked by the President of the United States to go rescue a space mission that has encountered a solar flare and they can't return to Earth. So the X-Men go up there and of course Jean Grey encounters the Phoenix Force and it takes over her body and she ends up having, you know, all these crazy explosions of rage, I guess. They have to stop her and that's essentially what the what the story is. You know, what's weird is you would have to admit, I think, that in Dark Phoenix, it's definitely closer to the comic material, yeah? It is. I do know that Last Stand is kind of a hybrid of the Phoenix saga. I don't remember the name of it. It was a series of books, actually, that Joss Whedon wrote. It was his storyline with the... with, uh, gifted with about the cure. They're kind of mashing up two different storylines in The Last Stand. It's weird because when you look at like the Phoenix Force storyline in the comics, that is almost universally revered as one of the greatest, at least X-Men storylines, but even comic storylines. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, much more epic in scale than yeah. we got in either of these films. I feel like the writers were trying to reduce it down to something to do with Gene instead of having this actual like cosmic force. In the first one, they do it with, and both of them really with Charles being in her head and building these constructs. In Dark Phoenix, they're messing around with her origin story having like killed her mom and her dad's still out there. So they're trying to give her a little bit of drama. Honestly, if I'm being straightforward, I didn't think either movie really nailed the story. I think that's a fair assessment. They both leave you as an audience wanting more. And what's even weirder is there's story beats in both that are so similar, right? Mystique is written out of the movie about the third of the way through both films. Jean Grey yeah. dies at the end of both films. Like we're dealing yeah. with very similar elements. And I think that that was a detriment, especially with Dark Phoenix. This is a totally new opportunity to revisit this storyline that they missed the mark on the first time and they didn't exactly deliver as they could have. Can I say though, I really did enjoy when Mystique gets shot by the cure and she ends up reverting back to like a human form. Magneto just tosses her to the side. But that's so Magneto, right? Yeah, like I loved it. In the sense that I'm like, that's, he literally, he's like, you saved me. And then he's like, it means nothing because you're one of them now. That's badass. Cause that's a true villain. You're no longer useful to me. So leave. <laughs> In defense of Dark Phoenix. One of the things that I really love is for so many of the X-Men movies, we witness these characters talking about their powers and getting ready to fight. It never happens. And I think yeah. one of the things that Dark Phoenix does really well is they give us two really significant fight sequences where we're watching mutants fight one another yeah. and i think they're done really well they're they look good and they're a lot of fun i will i have to agree with you there i think in dark phoenix they by far have the better fight sequences and i don't mean necessarily from an emotional standpoint but it's kind of like you know the fight scene in captain america civil war at the airport like they were actually really good choreographed mutants using their powers it was they were well done yeah and fun they and made that's them what fun 
And when we're watching X-Men, that's something we want. We want to see people using their abilities. That's one of the knock you could give it the series. Especially early on. Like I remember mm-hmm. in X-Men United, like Colossus like meddles up and then like Wolverine's like, no, get the kids out of here. And then he just like meddles down and leaves and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, right. Why would you, why would you tease us with that? Or they would have like just glimpses. Somebody might walk through a wall at the school, but you're like, I don't care how old that kid is. He might be useful on this mission. Bring him. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think the other thing that Dark Phoenix does really well is the space shuttle scene is one of the best sequences in all of X-Men in the sense that we don't actually see the X-Men act very heroic in most of the X-Men films. Most of the time, their situations are purely like mutant on mutant. The X-Men are trying to stop Magneto. This is an opportunity where we actually see them in that more superhero role of saving a bunch of astronauts. And I think it's very cool. And again, as we watch this unfold, we realize that only the X-Men could achieve this. And I think that's great. I actually really enjoyed early on in the film, they were setting up a dynamic that never really pays off per se. I liked the idea of all of this superhero-ness going to Charles's head. I really, I liked that because it made him different for once. Mm -hmm. So, or really the second time. So the other time he was different was Days of Future Past. But in every other iteration, he's Charles Xavier, you know, the wise, Calm. you know, guy that everybody can go to. And a lot in a lot of the movies, he is kind of that character where like they find ways to sideline him because he's powerful. You know, they just like, oh, he's been captured or like he's having a headache or something. You know, like whatever it is, they try to like remove him so that I think one is it the first one they like poison Cerebro. They're always doing things to like sideline him. But I actually like the idea of letting this fame and notoriety of the X-Men go to his head. They start it and then it never goes anywhere. Jennifer Lawrence, I guess, was over being in the X-Men movies. Okay. Apparently they were pretty much given the ultimatum to write her out. She got Cyclops. Or she wasn't showing up. I think probably there's a little bit of almost what the original draft of the film was, the first version, which is probably some of that early stuff. The final draft, which is dealing with Jean Grey, the death of Mystique, all these things. The death of Mystique, while they do use it to powerful effect, especially when it comes to the character of Beast, which was weird because I thought Charles would be the most affected, but he kind of wasn't. He like spoke at her funeral and he's like, she lives on through me and us, but he's kind of like, I don't know, shit happens. I was like, (laughs) damn, I thought you guys were like super close. I like that it has an effect on Beast where we question where his loyalties are a little bit. He's like kind of teaming up with Magneto. That's fun. Mm -hmm. It's always neat to see characters who are normally bona fide on this side kind of change their allegiance. But again, they end up in the same place. I think the movie may have been more powerful had they given Beast maybe more choices or something that would alter his character trajectory or his relationships with the other characters. I feel like that's ultimately where this movie falls short is they all just end up on the train at the end. Everybody's kind of in the same place. They didn't change a whole lot. Problem is none of these characters who have an opportunity to change, Magneto, Beast, they are brought to the train by force. Well, they're a little bit like, okay, I guess we're going to have to stick and fight. It's not as powerful as if the X-Men were on the train and then Magneto's crew shows up to lend a hand and defend Jean Grey. One of the things I I really love, again, and it's probably why it's the best movie in the X-Men franchise, is Days of Future Past. They constantly give characters choices, and they're very powerful moments within the film. 
that makes the movie, I think. And Dark Phoenix would have benefited. And I don't know if the people on the podcast know this, but I don't like it when characters are essentially like mind controlled. Mm-hmm. The reason is because they don't have the autonomy over their own choices. So essentially you end up with just a poor villain like Apocalypse who's like, oh, I'm just evil. You know, which let's face it, we haven't even really mentioned Apocalypse except by name, but that villain is awful. Well, that and, movie is by far the worst X-Men movie. By far. Yeah, un- Unfortunately, you know, I wish Oscar Isaacs, you know, had better material to work with there and that movie had been better. But so like you have the Phoenix Force and it just kind of takes and this happens in both movies, Last Stand and Dark Phoenix. It just kind of like takes over and she just becomes like evil. Since when? Why wouldn't the Phoenix Force like why isn't it like good? Why wouldn't it make her do good deeds all day? Why does it turn her evil? What? Uh, Because power corrupts. Come on. Come on, D-Man. I mean, people got to want something or like, I don't know. So like, I'm not a huge fan of this idea that like people just like are mind controlled because even Jean Grey, like she comes back in Last Stand. I don't know. She's like kissing Cyclops and then like she just changes into like some like half undead looking, you know, and I'm like, what the hell? She's not making choices, not making powerful choices on behalf of Jean Grey because of things that happened to her. It's just the Phoenix Force. And I think that's stupid. Like, I don't like that. And that they end up repeating the same mistakes here. You know, they have that scene where, like, Charles is trying to get through to Jean Grey about her childhood and then her memories. And he's like, no, come on, Jean, you can choose. But you're like, not really. Choices shouldn't be forced through or obvious you want characters to not want to have to make them they do so because of some sort of creed or or mission they have to you know they have to the characters have to not because the story demands it and it should change things and i don't know that's that's why like at the end of dark phoenix like they all just kind of like end up on the train and they're all like the same except charles you know he like has like one monologue where he's like oh i messed up because i let it all go to my head i'm like "Eh, that never paid out so whatever if it was gonna pay out i feel like it should have gone to his head he should have done something i guess the implication is that because they went on that mission and the phoenix force captured gene gray he put them in harm's way well story-wise i always thought it was interesting that both of these films try to place the blame on charles xavier yeah, I don't ever think it's truly successful. I think as an audience, you're watching it and you're like, okay, well, what he did, it's justifiable. It's not like when this is revealed to us as the audience, we're not like, wow, Charles, that was so inhuman of you. We can't believe you did this terrible thing. Kind of like almost what happens at the end of the Harry Potter franchise with Dumbledore, where we start finding out that he's a much different character than we were led to believe. Yeah. In fact, many ways we're like, well, Charles, we can see how you actually did this and it helped her. I always thought that that was a weird misdirect to try and portray this character in a different light. They never go far enough to make us, the audience, truly question him or his intentions. And it just kind of is a mess. There's elements. Okay, Jean Grey's story. I don't know why both movies are dealing with her childhood home or whatever. But honestly, like, I think like if you just lifted that whole like her going to her childhood home if you just like lifted that out of there i don't think it matters and same thing that whole storyline with her dad and dark phoenix if you just like tossed it away i don't think it changes the movie at all probably would have made it better i mean let's not kid ourselves but that's maybe that's the problem with the movie is like it can't settle on like where the actual villain is like they're kind of like oh it's charles because he put all these blocks in gene gray's mind you're like no it's the phoenix force that just wants something evil and then she has like this internal guilt about like apparently having killed her mom or whatever 
Mm-hmm. But it's like I focus it in on something and make it really powerful. And instead they have like all these competing things that I just I don't think they they pay out all that well. No, I would agree. I think another problem with the Dark Phoenix movie is it had been what 14 years since The Last Stand came out. It, it seemed a little too soon to be rehashing that storyline again. I think the number one thing, and this this is in relation to that comic book story, but neither movie really captures the epic scale that the Phoenix Force story should demand. It should be epic. It's almost a trilogy of its own, and Fox never saw it that way. Same thing with the Apocalypse storyline. For as epic as the Phoenix Force story is, I'm like, so it ends with you guys fighting on a train. Are you kidding me? You want scale and scope. And I mean, when you look at, you know, we have to at at least compare it to the other side, which is the MCU. I mean, as they build to these like cosmic forces, it does get epic. The scale does grow and they don't do that here. Again, I think it's to its detriment. It kind of sucks because you're like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Point. This was supposed to be one of the craziest storylines in the comics. And yeah, they just end up fighting on a train. I was like, whatever. You know, in Last Stand, the ending, fighting on like the Alcatraz Alcatraz Island or whatever. And I liked the scale, I suppose, that they were trying to go for, which was like, you know, he's like moving the bridge and altering like the city. On a personal level, they'd already kind of established the stakes that Wolverine was going to have to kill her. Which plays into the fact that he's had feelings for her for the entire trilogy. I think that's a little more powerful. Hugh Jackman delivers a great performance because you, you can see that he does not want to do it. He doesn't. But he does. Mm-hmm. And they end up winning the day. The cure is essentially abandoned. But I don't know how you could ever abandon it. That's like a Pandora's box thing. Like, if it's there, it's there. It's the quandrum we have with nuclear weapons. We've already learned the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, we can't undo it. We can we get can rid of them all, but we still know how to make them. Yeah, we could still build them again. So it's kind of like, I don't know. You know, there's a hint at the end of that one that like maybe the cure isn't forever. Maybe it's something like Charles takes to repress his powers in days of future past mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, they can be restored or I don't know. And, you know, maybe like you said, it's like that vaccines. Maybe you got to go get booster shots. <laughs> another interesting hint is the post credit scene with Charles oh, yeah. Xavier waking up. I think this is another thing that for fans, we weren't sure where the trilogy was going and it was seemingly abandoned. Yeah. With this really intriguing cliffhanger of is Charles back. He talks about the efficacy of someone's conscious inhabiting in another person's, which is obviously queuing us up for this discussion about Jean Grey and Phoenix Force. But at the end, he appears in someone else's body who's- Isn't in the comics, isn't that supposed to be like his, like his brother or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I read about it one time. But anyway, I mean, that's another thing is Last Stand, it's playing both sides there where it's implying, right? It's the Last Stand. It's the end. Like, it's like Avengers Endgame. They call the movie (laughs) Endgame and then they're like, just kidding. There's like three more movies in the Infinity Saga. You're like, why is number two Endgame? Like, that should be the last one. Call it the Last Stand. I mean, to fans, you're definitely signaling that after this, the franchise is going in a different direction, however you decide to do it. That was weird that they had the post credit scene. I mean, as cool as it was, it was like, these characters aren't really coming back. I mean, I agree with you. It was very odd. Again, I think the single greatest problem in all the X-Men's film is Fox had access to this amazing property and they never really seem to have a clear plan of how to use it and what to do with it. And it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, most of the X-Men movies minus, I love X-Men 2, X-Men United. I like how they're exploring Wolverine's past. I thought the scene at Alkali Lake and the sacrifice by Jean Grey was amazing. Mm-hmm. I like Days of Future Past. Its scope overall is great. I mean, they're altering timelines. They give fans a little bit of fan service, but really it's not just fan service. Like, 
it's for the characters as well, restoring the timeline that was lost mm-hmm. for them. They're rescuing their friends, like Avengers Endgame being able to snap again. They're yeah. bringing people back. I think one of the things that Fox really effed up and that Dark Phoenix, Phoenix exemplifies this is just scale and scope. They never saw the stories as these big, epic, multi-movie stories. Phoenix mm-hmm. Force literally could have been introduced in one movie and plays out over a couple movies. And then you have like this epic showdown finale that could have been insane. No, you're right. And how awesome would that have been? That's what we always wanted from the X-Men films and we never got it. They don't see it that way. They see it as like a singular two hour movie. And I don't know, I think in a lot of the cases with X-Men, they just saw them as singular movies to their detriment. We have the original X-Men trilogy. We have a Wolverine trilogy that's a side story of its own. We have... Which might be the best of all. (laughs) We have the new trilogy with four movies. We have this Deadpool offshoot that incorporates the X-Men, but doesn't incorporate the X-Men. And then after Dark Phoenix, we had New Mutants, which was another attempt to reboot the X-Men. And it's almost like Fox, man, just commit to something and play it out. You have great characters. You have great stories. And as fans, let's not kid ourselves. I went to see every one of those movies in the theater at least once. Me too. I went to see X-Men 2, X-Men United, and Days of Future Past a couple of times. And it's a shame because they always fell short on the story standpoint. Original cast is great. Secondary cast isn't bad. I mean, I don't really have any complaints. Oh, There's no one on the X-Men that I'm like, oh, wow, terrible, right? Ah, you know, I wasn't a fan of Jean Grey. <laughs> All right, fine. So you're hating on Jean Grey. But for the most part, I'm like, I don't really have an issue with the casting decisions they made. Just write some damn good stories, please. Please. Yeah, you know, and one of the problems, if you look at just release dates, you said 2006 versus 2019, right? At mm-hmm. least in 2006, The Last Stand benefited from not having this MCU in existence. Did everyone leave The Last Stand disappointed? Of course they did. I'm assuming most people were like, at best, this isn't the best in the X-Men trilogy. At worst, they were like, this is not a good movie. It didn't have to compete in scope and scale with the MCU. The problem for Dark Phoenix is it released in 2019. That's the same year that Endgame came out. Or did Endgame come out in 2019? I don't know. The point is the, the game had changed. Dark Phoenix, you're, you're, this is the finale to the X-Men and you are you have to compete with Endgame. I was like, it's just, it feels like a last. Le- last Stand benefited from being pre-Dark Knight and pre-Iron Man and, and those were game changers, right? That was our hard reset on what to expect from comic book yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, it's, it's kind of hard to pick here. Which one do I like more? I don't know. I, I might have to go with X-Men The Last Stand, I think. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, which one do you like? Well, or which one do you think did it better? As I said, I cannot complain about the casting of the original X-Men. But for me, I spent up until Days of Future Past cursing The Last Stand with my every breath. So I cannot in good conscience and as a principled individual say I like The Last Stand more than Dark Phoenix. So I'm going Dark Phoenix. My uh, non-personal justification is going to be it was great to finally get what I think was a missing element of the X-Men series, which is Let's really see X-Men push the limits of their powers. And we got some fun fight sequences out of it. And as a comic that, book fan, I, can't disagree. I love that. Yeah, I love Yeah, that. I can't disagree with you. I, I, I will pick the last stand mostly just because it's the finale to the first two. It's a part of that trilogy. And I think for that reason, it just carries a little bit more weight for me. Okay. By the time we get to Dark Phoenix, I don't know. I just, I didn't care a whole, whole lot anymore. To the extent that, I mean, I keep talking about Days of Future Past, but 
the reintroduction of the original cast and, and figuring out the end of that. I mean, to me, I'm just going to call that the end of the X-Men. Like, because <laughs> we got Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix after that. I'm like, no, that was like the end. That was the one. Fair enough. So I like the story of the original cast, even though Last Stand is definitely far from a perfect comic book movie. That's going to be my pick. All right. Last Stand, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Audience, let us know what you think. Who, which one of us is right and which one of us is wrong? It's me. I <laughs> disagree, my friend. Well, you kind of got me because you said which one of us is right and then as i said it you said which one of us is wrong so i may have spoken too late but (laughs) (laughs) audience let us know your thoughts you know and if you just want to say you love the x-men we're cool with that too and if you hate the x-men then just don't even bother reaching out to us on social because i i mean you're fucking dead to me i don't care what you have to say (laughs) well hey do you think the mcu has any plans to integrate the x-men anytime soon or are we like years away from? no i i heard that they do and i'm actually horrified because i wish that they would just keep the x-men as their own universe there's so many characters and storylines and so much potential there i'm like can we just have a decent x-men universe that's you know what would be cool for a little while yeah you know what would be cool is if they did that but just like the comics they have like a crossover event but instead of just integrating the x-men into mcu films at large it's like what if it had its own side universe and then eventually not because you know how like you could basically do the mcu but with the x-men if you wanted there's enough characters and enough story that you could literally do it where you actually have like solo films then you could have like the x-men team up like the avengers and then you could honestly do like two mcu style like story structures and a big crossover event would be pretty dope i don't know maybe they'll end up doing a house of m storyline and we'll get that it sounds like i don't know audience let us know your thoughts i'm at ndcal5 you can find d-man at big kid d-man and you can find the show Go to Google, type in Filmmakers Compass Podcast. You'll find our website, links to all the social, all the uh, podcast directories. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the show. Next week, we are going to be back with a... Something not as exciting as an X-Men movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to be comparing the Footloose movie from the 80s with the remake, apparently, from 2011 that I didn't even know existed. We'll see what that's like. In the meantime, keep watching movies, and we're going to see you next week.